Lord, as we uh, turn our attention to you, Father, uh, we ask uh, that your Spirit would lead and guide us, direct us, instruct us. Lord, we consecrate this time and uh, these moments to you now. Uh, You are worthy. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, good morning. It is good to be here. Let me introduce myself. (laughs) No, seriously. Yeah, good to be back. How was your summer? I, uh, I, I should probably introduce myself. If you've been around here for the last few months and you don't recognize me, my name's Nick. I work here at the church. I'm a pastor. Um, and uh, I've been on a sabbatical. I've been gone a bit and uh, never realized how important it would be to take some time to step back and and rest. I felt a little like a school teacher having summers off. I, I would consider going into being a school teacher just for that fact that you get summers off, right? Right, teachers? You don't do anything over the summer? Oh, maybe it's not like that? No, it was such a blessing to take a break. To take a break. Um, there was this moment in early June where I was talking with one of my kids. I've got four now, officially. Uh, our youngest, Finley, was adopted officially August 1st, so we're praising the Lord for that, and that was a long process, but I come back a new man, and my oldest being off in college already in Chicago, that, that's great too. I mean, no offense at, at all, but I'm really excited for him. But anyway, there's this moment back in June where I was talking to one of the kids, and uh, I was home, and it had been weeks that I'd been home, and, and we were, do you guys do this? We were arguing a little bit about something that really didn't matter, like cleaning out the sink or something. And uh, you don't do that? Yeah, well, th- you know, we're, we're humans at my house, and, and we go back and forth sometimes. Anyway, and, and I remember saying to this particular individual, I won't say who it was, I, I, I just remember saying to uh, him, uh, <laughs> I remember saying to him, um, uh, why, are we, why are we bickering? Why are we, why are we arguing? It's been like, a week in a row where we're just talking about these silly things. And he said, Dad, it's because you're always home. It's because, it's, it's because we have more time to argue. And I said, that, actually, I can't argue that. That's a very, very good point. More, more time to argue. Anyway, it was wonderful. It was wonderful to take a step back. Sometimes you need that in life to uh, assess, to uh, consider even what you have. I obviously saw it as such a blessing the first month really felt like I shouldn't be doing this, that it was wrong and I should be here and that sort of thing. And, and then the second month was just bliss. It was wonderful. I'd do it any time again. And then the third month was like, I'm living in an alternate universe that is not a reality and it's time to get back to work. So anyway, I want to talk about taking a step back, resting today. Well, would you go with me to Mark chapter 6? If you have a Bible in front of you or an app to follow along, I encourage you to do that. Mark chapter 6, there's a couple of verses I'm going to read you, kind of in the midst of Jesus' ministry, that Mark records in chapter 6, starting at verse 30. It will be before you on the screen as well. Uh, I'm going to read it out of the NIV, I think it's ESV on the screen, whatever you have. I'm just glad you're following along. It says, The apostles gathered 
around Jesus and reported to Him all that they had done and taught. They were off doing ministry and now they've returned to Jesus. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, He said to them, Come with Me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Get some rest. I appreciate those words more than three months ago. (laughs) Get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place, to a place that was away, to a place uh, that was desolate and deserted. I think we all need to hear that from time to time. I think we all need to hear from time to time, you know, get away. It's time to pause. It's time to... uh, Rest. A lot, of, a lot had been going on in, in, in Jesus' personal life and ministry. Uh, you might not know this about the context of what is, is being recorded here in Mark, but right before this, um, John the Baptist is assassinated. Now, if you don't know anything about John the Baptist, he was the forerunner, the one who was intended to prepare the way of the Lord, but he was also Jesus' cousin. So this is family, and Jesus is grieving a family member's death. And if you've ever been grieving, if you have ever been in a place where you're in a tough spot, you know what Jesus is going through personally. And yet, what we also discover here in chapter 6 is that a lot was going on in ministry or in work, so to speak. And it caused me to to, to think about what was going on in Jesus' life. He's not only dealing with his personal life, he's dealing with the the busyness of his his workplace or his mission or his, his ministry, so to speak. Not that ministry is work in that sense. But to the, to the extent that they hardly had time to pause and cease and re- reflect. I, I can kind of understand what was going through their minds as Jesus says, Stop, it, it's time to get away to a desolate place. Have you ever been so exhausted that you you almost didn't have any control over your faculties? Have have you ever been in a place where you're so exhausted, you you knew it was was time to stop or I'm going to fall apart, so to speak? I was on a trip, and this is some years back. It was a trip overseas, and and, and it was one of the only times that I've, I've had a long trip like that, happened to be to Israel, and, and uh, my, my body clock was so thrown off that I couldn't sleep. So so 16-hour flight over, and then we're touring, and two days go by, and I've had like less than one hour of sleep, no kidding, and I, and I couldn't sleep. And it was this just really weird thing. But anyway, as day was turning to night, I was beginning to really be tired, like exhausted, like, like I could fall asleep standing up, and that's exactly what was beginning to happen, no kidding. I'm not even kidding, we were, we were touring and looking at this historical site, and, and uh, we were standing there listening to this guy talk, and he was really boring, totally not like me, and um, <laughs> I'm kidding, um, and I hope you guys don't fall asleep when I speak. Anyway, <clears throat> anyway, he was talking, and, and, it just, and all of a sudden, I'm dozing off while I'm standing up. 
Now, I'm not a horse, <laughs> you know, so this was weird for me to be sleeping while you're standing, so to speak, right? I started to worry about my, my, my health, my condition. I was exhausted. You ever fallen asleep in a place you shouldn't, like behind the wheel of a car? <laughs> Exhaustion. The point is we have limits. Pretty obvious thing to say, isn't it? But we have limits. We have limited gifts and time and, and um, energy and talents and abilities. And, and this we know, in fact, the more we face exhaustion, the more it, it exposes our humanity. You know, everything we experience in this life, especially in a broken and, and, and corrupt world, has, has limits. We wear out, we, we tire. At the end of every day, we, we need sleep. At, at the end of the week, we, we need a break, even though we don't always take that break. In fact, it can be a very, very difficult thing for us to really stop, especially in this day and age. To, to just pause for a moment and reflect. Pastor Kevin and I, by the way, I, I missed Kevin the most. Um, anyway, Pastor Kevin and I were talking before the services about this, and, and he was saying that um, some leadership training that he was doing and going through was talking about how our, our, our entire society is burning out. And, and, and there is really a truth to that. And, and I believe there's a number of reasons that being a fallen and broken and depraved world will cause that, right? Uh, but also, in, in the technological age in which we live, we never turn off, we never stop, we never pause. I mean, even when I get off work, I still flip on the radio or, or listen to a podcast or, or spend time on the phone or cook or clean or... or, or um, spend time with my wife, which is not exhausting at all. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> she's in the back. She's listening. So I've got to be really careful how I approach this. Um, taking care of kids. Going to bed with the device in your hand and checking the last emails and texts and making sure the schedule is right. And then waking up in the morning and what's the first thing we grab? Maybe the phone. We're not good at turning off. For me personally, I'm not a big fan of turning off. I think that's why the first part of sabbatical was, was a challenge, I guess, but I kept busy. But I have to tell you, I've been learning. I've been growing in, in, in this area, both of my own need but also, and I pray this is true for all of us, in my understanding that when we pause and we stop and we truly unplug, this is where reliance on the Lord begins. This is where trust begins in so many ways. Let me explain. I'll start with this. Rest is a part of God's perfect plan. In other words, it, you know... It, it, it wasn't we have to rest and we have to pause and we have to have Sabbath because the world is broken. No, actually he created, he created pause. He created rest. We, we were created in the sense with limits. I mean, he created a 24-hour day. He created day and night at the beginning when all things were perfect. He who is almighty and all-powerful and all-knowing and 
not limited in any way, created a world where there would be limits. And he did that for a purpose. Isaiah 40, 28 says, He never faints and grows weary. He is everlasting and he dwells in unapproachable light. And yet, he did not create the darkness because he had to, nor that he would have any darkness in himself or need to pause himself. And yet, he created rest for good purpose. In fact, it tells us, I'll read it for you in Genesis chapter 2, it, it tells us, and we'll start in verse 1, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them, and then it goes on to say this, and on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he, what does it say? And he rested on the seventh day. He rested on the seventh day. Isn't it interesting that God rested, that He, and think about what He's doing here, He, he stepped back, He was admiring, He was celebrating what He had done. It's not that He had to, it's not that He was exhausted. It, it, it's, that, it's that He too understood the uniqueness of what rest and stop and pause and its purpose is in life. It's, it's the correlation between God being glorified and our purposes on this earth. For God is glorified in what He does. In fact, we are created for this purpose. I mean, God's glory is at the center of, of all that we do and all that we are here for. I bring this up because I want us to see the correlation between worship and rest. How important it is for us to understand that. In fact, one of the definitions of the Hebrew word Shabbat, say, say that with me, Shabbat, Shabbat, okay? One of the definitions of this word that we might use Sabbath or day of rest for is the word to cease or to stop. And that's what we see in Genesis 2. He, he completed the work and he stopped and he paused and he took some time, even though he is beyond time and space, because there was nothing more that needed to be done. He was admiring. He was reflecting. He was enjoying. It was all glorifying to God. In this sense, we cannot worship fully without ceasing, without pausing, without stopping, without resting. Do we understand that, church? You cannot truly, you cannot truly worship without pause. It's as if to say, rest, Sabbath, pausing, stopping what we're doing, ceasing what consumes us, it's as if rest is this built-in reminder. It's this sign, church. It's this banner of first who we are and who we are not. We are not God. Do you need to hear that today? Pretty obvious. <laughs> you are not God. I think we need to hear that. I think we need to pause and consider that every day. Meaning we're not in control like we think we are. 
Meaning we, we think that our efforts will control the outcome, but at very least they do very, very little in the grand scheme of things. And I'm not downplaying accomplishment and work. Certainly what I'm talking about this morning is not that we become lazy and rest all the time and nap constantly during the day. No, we have purpose. In fact, God created us to have dominion over the earth. And yet in that purpose, He still rested Himself to show us our need for Him. Rest reminds us of a universal truth that cannot be argued, that God is and we are not. It reminds us of our need for Him and our reliance upon Him. And yet, as I was bringing up earlier, our world tells us that we are the master of our own domain. That you have to earn to get. And yes, in a sense that's true from a physical standpoint. And yet we... We realize that when we go to sleep at night, the world keeps spinning. And things don't fall apart. And, and when we take a, a break, a, a vacation, yeah, maybe we come back to a full schedule, but it didn't come crumbling and crashing to the ground. Right? Yeah, rest is that built-in, I call it grace. Think about that. Rest is a built-in grace that God has built in from the beginning of time. That, that He has given it to us to make sure we see Him in all things. And, and that at the end of the day, we need Him for every moment and everything in life. It's why Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30 familiar verses, verses that I think we need refreshing and reminding of each and every day. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you, what does it say? Rest. Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find, what does it say? Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Rest. Something we, we struggle with, don't we? And, and when I'm referencing rest, I'm not just talking about taking a nap. I'm talking about pausing, ceasing, and going to Him. Come to me, Jesus said. This summer, I had the opportunity to do some camping. Now, I don't know if you hate camping or love camping, um, but it's something that, that my wife and the family and I, we enjoy to do from time to time. But it's been a little while since I've been on a trip, but this was a little different trip. I went on a solo trip, all alone, and I don't like being alone. But it was purposeful that I would get off to a desolate place. I chose the desert. And this was something that I've kind of hoped to do for some years. Never thought I'd get the opportunity to do it, but I have a great wife. And she was like, you got to do this. This, is, this would be important for you to do. So, so where did I go? I, I went to Death Valley, California in July, which is kind of stupid. Um, <laughs> uh, it was hot. It was really, really hot. Yeah, which I was warned of. Yeah, like lows in the valley anyway, lows in 
like 95 and highs in the 120s. You know the difference between 120, the first day I got there it hit 120, my car temps at 123 at 1 in the afternoon. Um, But you know the difference between 120 and like 100 is? Because it was hot here before we left. It was a dry heat, so it was easy out there. No. Um, You know what the difference is? It's the... It's the air, it's the wind. You, you feel like you're getting burned by the wind. It's like when you open the oven and it, and it hits you. That, that's what it actually feels like. But anyway, why, why would I go to Death Valley? You know, it was an experience like I, I've never had from the standpoint of being alone and being away from distractions and spending time with God and counting sometimes hours that had gone by where I, all, all I heard was the wind. A very unique experience in that sense, and and to get alone and disconnect was so important. But I recall on one of the hikes that I took, it was in the 120s that afternoon, and uh, I got to the trailhead, and I actually have a a, a picture of the sign because I I didn't know they had signs like this. It says if you can't read that, it says extreme heat danger. Stop walking after 10 a.m. Not recommended. So then I went. Anyway, but, um, you know, you only go there once, maybe. Um, but I remember, uh, you know, walking like 10 feet and, and needing water immediately. I remember getting done and having an exhaustion that I felt that I had never felt before. I remember thinking to myself, you know, heat exhaustion is a serious thing and you should take it seriously. <laughs> and then, you know, continuing to walk. But it was... It was a a learning experience, to say the least. Jesus says, refreshment comes when you follow me. Jesus says, true refreshment comes when you follow my teaching and my ways. For, For my ways are not a burden like the ways of the world. The world says you, like I said before, you have to earn, you have to perform. It's survival of the fittest in that sense. The religions of the world say the same thing. You have to earn your salvation. You've got to measure up. You have to earn your worth. At least have more good than bad. That's the, what the world tells us. That's how, that's how you get to God, so to speak. But the Word of God is contrary to that, and praise the Lord for it. It's exhausting trying to measure up, isn't it? Especially when you realize you can't, right? When you get to that place in your life, sometimes you you literally have to be an adult to understand this, but when you get to the place where you realize, you know that thing I'm struggling with? I can't overcome it without Him. You know, God wants you there. God wants me there. There is a purpose for limits. There's a reason that He has created them. The good news is that in God's kingdom, the rest speaking here, or the rest He is speaking to here, is about inner rest and spiritual rest. Rest for the soul that is more than just sitting down or napping or going to sleep. In fact, it doesn't look at all like the end of our days because we usually consume more when we get home. We usually don't wind down. We usually don't pause. 
In fact, we neglect time with God. Sabbath rest and recovery is unplugging the ears and the eyes and the mind in a physical sense and going to the Lord as we collect our faculties and pause for a moment to give Him the glory that is due His name. Look again what He shows us. Come to me. It's all about relationship. Boy, that, that's one thing that you certainly learn after a little while of just being alone in the middle of nowhere and knowing that if something goes wrong, it's going to go really wrong. <laughs> if I can't get back, if there is no water, if this car doesn't start, that sort of thing, it's going to go real bad. You learn real quick in a moment like that your reliance on something beyond yourself, let's just say, so to speak. Come to me. It's about relationship and rest. And, of course, relationship and rest go hand in hand. I mean, if I don't stop or pause at the end of the workday to spend time with my wife and kids, we'll grow apart. If my wife and I don't set apart time to hang out or, or, or just get caught up on the things that, uh, that we need to talk about, if we don't cease, we grow apart. The same is true in our relationship with God. We have to stop what keeps our time and attention in order for us to grow in relationship. And I think we all need to hear that today. That there's some things that God wants us to cease in our own life because it's drawing us away from Him. What else does Jesus say here? He says, take my yoke. It's the picture of the yoke of an oxen, which is plowing or pulling. It's a vivid picture this is how you earn in the world, as I talked about earlier. But what the world offers, although it's quite a bit, I mean, you can earn, you can, you, you can go to the best schools, you can, you, you can get the best jobs, you can, do, do, you can experience some, some things in life, right? And you can earn, you can earn. But what the world offers us is something that doesn't last. In fact, it will not fulfill because it cannot fulfill. What the world offers us is something that is fleeting. It, it, it's here one moment and gone the next. What the world offers is something that fills you for seconds or minutes or hours or days, but when you're done, you want more. Take my yoke, Jesus says. The picture here is the yoke of an oxen who is plowing and pulling, and it's this vivid picture of the, uh, of the earning and yet, what's the difference? No, no, it's not a bed of roses. It's not that if you follow Jesus, suddenly everything will be easy. No, there is a yoke. Rather, here we're given a picture of Jesus taking the weight. That yes, there is a purpose and a work to be done, but He's the one leading. He is the one bearing the burden. What a beautiful picture. Where he goes, we go. Believer in Christ. Where he sends us, we, we go. The responsibilities he's given us, we go and we go not alone, but in him. But also where he stops, we stop. Where he rests, we rest. And I'm afraid sometimes when it comes to the yoke that we bear in the Christian faith, we forget that part. We forget that our work and our rest is in Him. And that He has a purpose for both. I mean, think about it. 
When you work, it's easy to think that it's something you're accomplishing. But when you rest, you don't really have that. And I think that's why it's one of the more purest forms of worship. Because it's not about us or anything we've accomplished. Come to me. Take my yoke. Here's the last thing and I close. Learn from me. Learn from me. You know, sometimes God allows downtime in our lives because He has something to teach us in order that we would grow and mature in Him. You know, when you're alone and you're in a precarious place, you learn that pretty quick, that you rely on Him. But one of the things that stands out to me is the hours passed and all I could hear is the wind and there was nothing else to distract me. One of the things that was very evident to me and very obvious was God saying, Nick, I have some things to teach you, but you're not listening. You're not unplugging. You're not ceasing. You're just going about the work and you're not consecrating it to me. And you're missing the point that I allowed that hardship in your life. I allowed that circumstance in your life. I allowed that person in your life because I wanted to teach you something. Is there something that you need to cease in your life in order for God to get your attention. What's it going to take for you to unplug? When is it going to happen? I want us to think about that in closing. Do you need a break from something in order to allow your relationship with God the Father to grow? What, what's going on in your heart that has gotten in the way of true peace and Sabbath rest? Is it, is it managing your time? Is it allowing the abilities that He has given you to be used for the glory of His kingdom? Is it a sin or an addiction that you need to cease and give to Him? Is it just plain control? Something that you, you, you think that if you have it, then all will be well? When in reality, you're not in control at all. Acts 3:19 through 21, and then I close. Repent, therefore, church, and, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. Anything that separates us from God is sin. Anything. Anything that misses the mark of God's holiness, anything that gets in the way, even good things, of our relationship with Him, anything that we're, we're denying or doing, 
that, that causes tension between our relationship with Jesus, that's sin. Repent, therefore, church, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. That's the good news. Sounds like such a negative word, but that, that's the good news. That's the grace, that they're, they're wiped clean, that they're washed away. And then it says this in verse 20, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of God. Times of refreshing. Oh, we need it. I do feel refreshed, by the way. I feel pretty fired up from that. But you know, real refreshment doesn't come from just, just pausing from work or ministry or people. It comes from walking with the Lord and allowing Him to move your heart towards Him. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we need You to draw us to Yourself. To, to cause us to pause. and we don't, we don't wish hardship upon ourselves, but we recognize that sometimes it takes something like an injury or a, a hardship in our lives, whatever. Sometimes it takes that for us to stop and pause. So grateful for the opportunity I got to spend with family and, and reflect and be ministered to so grateful for the churches I got to attend and, and, and be ministered to in that sense and the time I got to spend with my little baby boy Finley and, and, and so grateful for the time I got to spend with my wife and bring Matthias off to school and, and, and spend with my daughter and spend with my used to be younger son and now, now he's the older brother. So grateful for that time, Lord. But what I'm most grateful for is the teaching you did in my heart and the growth that happened from pausing and I pray that for each and every one of us that you would cause that pause and that reflection in our own lives so that we would recognize the incredible grace and mercy you offer each one of us we thank you for the cross and the, and the restoring work you do because of your forgiveness. May each and every one of us be open and honest in our need for you, Jesus. We pray this all in your name. Amen.